if somebody's listening to this show right now and they've never seen Star Wars and they are above the age of 20, they deserve for that motherfucker to be spoiled. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Everybody and welcome to Show Viewers. This is episode I don't know because I just lost the agenda. Uh, Four seventy one. I'm your sticky bit alongside me, the man, the myth, the agenda maker. It's Alex. Nice to see you're out of your little hanger hangover cocoon there, Tricky Mick. Uh, l- listeners, someone can't hold his booze, and it's Tricky Mick. I can hold my booze. I just don't drink that often. We we were actually recording a day late because Tricky Mick had a wicked hangover yesterday and could not make recording. I didn't have a wicked hangover. I was still drunk. You wait that from the night before. I, you talked to me at seven fifteen, seven twenty. I was still drunk. What were you drinking? I couldn't even tell you. I, I know there was Hennessy. I know there was uh, uh, Corona. Were you, was this all mixed together? No, no, no. So you were mixing alcohol? Uh, yes, I was drinking hard liquor and beer as well. Which, which which came first? There's that old saying, beer before liquor, never sicker. Liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Uh, Hennessy was first. Alright, you, so you should have been fine, but like I said, you can't hold your alcohol. Well, I, I did, well, I did, I did the age-old fuck-up. I didn't eat... Did you drink water before you went to bed? And no, I came home past. Oh, okay. So, well, no wonder you had a hangover. You were dehydrated as hell. I came home and just fell right out of my bed. Is this your first time drinking, Tricky? Uh, no, but I don't drink that often. I think this is the first time in like a year and a half I've actually went out and drank. I'm just curious how much money he lost. I actually, I made quite a bit of profit. I didn't know. Wait, you're actually good at poker. Apparently, it's like Guitar Hero. You're better drunk. So, how you doing, gentlemen? I'm doing fine. I'm fine. <sighs> Apparently, we're both doing better than you are. Well, yesterday, I was, I was tore up for the four up. But, uh, did you guys enjoy your male's Valentine's Day yesterday? Or what? Or what? Either one of you guys do. Yesterday was male Valentine's Day. No. Wow. What? Who? Who made this up? Is this like International Cupcake Day? One of these days that mean nothing. It's arbitrarily named something. No. Well, I'm not going to call it the uh, official, unofficial name. Um, but I will send you guys. information on it. Great. No, we, Yield and I did not celebrate male Valentine's Day because we did not know male Valentine's Day was a thing. I just sent you guys a link. Don't say it on the show 
or Alex is going to have to take it out of the show. Yeah, you're the only one who's ever mentioned that. And I figured that's what you were going for, but I didn't know that it was that date. Yes, it's uh, it's March 14th every year. It's one exactly four weeks after Valentine's Day, because we all know Valentine's Day is for the woman. So this is uh, officially, unofficially male Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is for the people who like to make money. Well, yeah, we're not going to talk about the com- commercialization of it, but... Uh, but yes... And, uh, uh, you, Tricky, you mind getting to the show proper instead of making up holidays? I'm not making up holidays. I just, I just got one more thing to show you guys. Uh, because. Right. And now look at the camera. Who's the focus? Is. That was my steak. Okay. That's a T bone steak. What, what is with that T bone steak? Yellow rice. All right. It's, I mean, it's not as good as wild rice, but whatever. Uh, all right. So let's get into the show proper. I, I thought you guys. I'm just your joke up. failed epically. No, it wasn't a joke. I, I legit thought like. I was trying to make conversation. Anyway, trophy count. I am level 605 total trophies of 13,845. Actually, I think that's uh off because I haven't synced my PS5. And Black Adam 253. Alex? Level 442 with a total trophy count of 7,276 and a platinum count of 110 and 109 games. Yield? Yes. Uh, 440. Trophy count. 7160. And continuing his streak of three weeks in a row with at least a platinum. That would be me at 118. What you do, Platinum, sir? Spirit of the North. I've, you know, I've seen that game on sale before, and I've been interested in it because it's uh, you play as a fox, correct? Correct. And I, as we know from Ghost of Tsushima, I love foxes. And adorable creatures, very smart. Sid is level five thirteen with the total trophy of ten thousand one hundred seventy with one hundred seventy four platinums. So, gentlemen, let's get into what we're playing. Uh, Alex, we'll start off with you, sir. Well, after another stellar week of Rocket League Thursdays on Proving Gamers Twitch channel, which I don't know if any of you who missed it this past week, we ended the week on two very decisive wins over uh, a team who was talking a lot of shit. And, you know, that's always so gratifying to, you know, you always feel so accomplished when you can in the last game of a series, shut out the other team five to nothing. So, we did very well. And we didn't even have Gareth this week. It was all just the originals. Oh, damn. It was me. That's fired. The brain. It wasn't shots fired. Gareth is great. But I'm saying, it was all the originals. It was me, Homer, the brain, and Yield. And we did very, very well. well it, was, it was half Yield. Let's be real. Half Yield? Yeah, I mean, he, he was there playing, doing, you know, kicking ass like he always was. Just wasn't on comms. Yes, Yield did drop out of the party, Chad, but he was still in there playing, and uh, you could tell that, like like me, that last game, Yield wanted to beat those fuckers. Right, Yield? Yes. And he was very vocal, just wasn't using his voice. Let's just say that. Oh, yeah. In the quick chat, in the uh, the top left of the screen, 
definitely uh, the word reported was used quite a few times, and I definitely <laughs> called teams. quite a few <laughs> Well, I also definitely called the people narcs quite a bit. Was calling out all the narcs on the stream. But, uh, so yes, Rocket League, another stellar week of Rocket League. Please join us this Thursday at 7pm on twitch.tv backslash Gamer. if you want to see some fantastic Rocket League action. And, after Rocket League, I actually have started replaying a game, one of my favorite beat-em-ups of all time. I was watching The Completionist, and he was raving about Scott Pilgrim, uh, and how much he loved the game, and how he was replaying it after all these years, because obviously it disappeared from digital stores, and then all of a sudden, it's come back now. So, people who didn't get a chance, or just want to replay it again, have the chance to play Scott Pilgrim. Well, one of my favorite beat-em-ups, I just realized, has a remastered version for the PS4, and that is Castle Crashers Remastered. A lovely little beat-em-up. Tons of fun. Great soundtrack. Um, really cool, colorful, beautiful art style. Some uh, some great level design and some wicked bosses. So, I jumped back into Castle Crashers, and I'm, you know... I actually think I missed the... It was on sale, I think, for less than $3 a couple weeks ago, and I missed that and ended up paying a full 15 bucks for it. But, I don't mind, because... You know, there is something to be said about being able to play. It's been probably, God, eight or nine years since I played Castle Crashers. So being able to go through and, and play the game again, can you really put a price tag on that? But uh, Yield and I were having a discussion last night as we were waiting for Tricky Mick to not show up for recording. And I was needing help with one of the online trophies. Well, there's really one online trophy, which is you have to go online and win 40 arena matches, which... Since this game was released in 2019, now we're in 2021, a game like this, you kind of, you know, figure that the online community has died off, and quite frankly, dealing with the online community in general would just be a nightmare anyway, so I actually got this trophy in the original game, but they, well, here, so they made some changes to the, 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 the trophy count, so originally in the PS3 version, there was no platinum. They now added a platinum to the remastered version. They also took out the hardest trophy from the PS3 game, which was the Insane Trophy, which beat the game on Insane Difficulty, which was the only trophy that I didn't get the first time around. So, uh, I ended up getting the Arena Master Trophy originally for the PS3, and now, all these years later, I'm finding it to be a struggle to deal with that again, because game, again, has been released for a while, and really, just with the online community, I just kind of need some help. So... If you are a fan of Castle Crashers or you have the game on the PS4, I would greatly appreciate it if you wouldn't mind helping me boost the uh, the arena challenges. I'll help you, you help me. But yeah, that'd be much appreciated. Uh, but despite, you know, some frustration with some of the trophies, it's Castle Crashers is still a great game, still one of my favorite beat-em-ups, and I'm just having a ball playing it again. I actually beat the entire game last night, and I'm kind of going back through to, you know, uh, find some of the secrets, like some of the animal orbs. That's a trophy. I gotta get all the animal orbs, so... But yeah, just having a raucous good time with Castle Crashers. Alright. Uh, Yield, I just left you a, a message in the, the Skype chat. Because I know you guys are, I know I know you guys have been playing that game lately. But what have you been playing now, sir? Oh, well, hold on here. I gotta read this. I, I, you know what? Okay. I'll, I'll go. No, for no, it. no. I, I, I can go. I'm okay. just messing with you. Okay. Um... Uh, da, 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 da. No, that's not it. First the one. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so I got I got so many windows open on my computer. It's not funny. That's not good. Um. So yeah, it is. Just drains the battery faster. So the Brain Seventy Six and myself over on Average Average Geeks' Twitch channel on Wednesdays at seven ish. 
have been playing through the We Were Here series. We went through We Were Here 2. That's T-O-O. Wednesday. We got through it once. So this coming Wednesday we will flip rolls and go through it again and hopefully get the platinum. I've uh, been playing some Rocket League on Thursdays. Uh, fired up Just Cause 3 to try to see if I could get my glitch trophy to pop. That didn't work. Uh, Yield, I think you're going to have to give in on that. I'm sorry to say that. No, but I'm, 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 I'm basically at the point now where I'm just going to play the whole game over again. Uh, I got to ask you, at, at what point is a Platinum not worth it? I know you like Just Cause 3, but is it, or are we at a point now where replaying that game when you could be playing something else? Is it just not worth it? Because obviously you're part of the, the be legit, and that's not going to count for a second time for you. No, that, that that's okay. I'm okay. I know I have no chance to win it. So, and it's it's an obtainable platinum, and it'll annoy me forever if I just let it go. So I've been fired up some strange brigade and play, was playing with Homer get stuffed. Um, World of Warship Legends. Been working on my bureau. Of course, I played, finished, played, and finished off Spirit of the North. I've uh, been working through Ghost Recon Wildlands. Helped Nitro get his platinum over the weekend. And uh, played a, picked up a game off the sale for 85 cents called 16-Bit Soccer. And I was playing a world tournament, playing as a U.S., made it to the finals, got beaten overtime, and still popped the trophy for winning the championship. Man, you played as the U.S. and you got to the, the final, the championship finals? That's shocking. And got beat 1-0 in overtime. But still got the trophy. And still got the trophy for winning. I'm like, okay. We take the small victories around here, and that's certainly a small victory. That is a small victory. So, um, I believe that's been about it this week, which which is an awful lot for me. And uh, what have I been playing? I've been playing Control on the PS4 and the PS5. Uh, I'm setting them up so I can knock them both uh, off my... Uh, backlog beat down list for my next list. So wait, hold on. Is that going to count for two points? You're playing the same game. It's going to count for two points. Oh, it's going to count for four points in the backlog beat down, but it's only going to count for one point in the be legit. You can play the same game twice and get points in the backlog beat down. Technically, it's both in your backlog. That's ridiculous. Uh, I'm just using the rules to my advantage, sir. I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong, but I think that somebody needs to take a closer look at those rules. Well, I mean, hence why I joined the Be Legit. I mean, I get your point, and I don't disagree with you, but technically both games are in your backlog. Yeah, but I thought PlayStation Plus games didn't count. No, they did. Because they count uh, Game Pass and PlayStation Plus. Why well, I thought, like, I mean, negative points. There is no negative points this year. They, they, oh, that's right. They got rid of those. They got rid of that rule, which I disagree with, but they did. Well, then that I, I think that was a good change because there was there was way too much arguing going on over what counts as a point and what doesn't count as a point. So this just knocks that entire argument out of the way. Well, no, the the neg see the whole point of the backlog beatdown was to beat in your backlog, and it was supposed to be a penalty if you added to your backlog. Forget forget the games or what games they are for a second. The idea is to beat your backlog. 
So if you're adding to your backlog, that's going against the, the nature of the contest, so there should be a penalty for it. I like the call your shot aspect of it. I think that's cool, but I do not like the fact that you can essentially play the same game twice and get points for it both times. I do. I think the Beely Jet handles that better. See, and I, talking, uh, I know we had Levi, was on the last show? Yeah. Um, I've been talking to Levi, and see, the the list part of it is what's causing some controversy, because on my last list, I claimed uh, Final Fantasy on the NES. And a lot of people were questioning how the fa- how I was able to beat it so quickly, which started the whole saves coming thing. What they didn't realize is that I had to knock off Watch Dogs Legion off my first list, and I couldn't play Watch Dogs Legion while I was at work, so I was knocking off Final Fantasy at work. So I got to the end of Final Fantasy, beat Watch Dogs Legion, and then went back and beat Final Fantasy, and that's how I was able to beat it so quick, because I think Final Fantasy is like a 33-hour game. So I was able to knock it off. And that's what started the whole, how did you beat so quickly? Because nobody was realizing I was playing it before. Which is the same thing I'm doing with Control now, because I'm at the end of the PS4 version of Control, as I told you where I was, Alex. I don't want to spoil it. And now I'm a mission away from that same point in the PS5 version. But in the PS5 version, uh, I got a little messed up because I was doing some side missions to knock off that plat, and apparently I walked into one of the DLC parts. Um, was it because I, well, I know which one it is because the, the foundation you can only do after you complete the main story. So it had to be alternate world events that you stepped into. Yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah, the, the elevator, the, the dark, a dark place or something like that is the name of the mission that starts it. Yeah, that one takes a while. I mean, granted, you don't have to finish it. You can go back to the. Well, I just went back to the main story, but I walked into it not realizing that that was a part of it. Um, no, same. Yeah, they integrate, uh, AWE into, the main story before you can you finish the game. Yeah. So, uh, and then I've been playing Hybroxia too, trying to finish that. That game is decisively harder than the first one. I- I'm dying left and right. I mean, the good thing about the game is that uh, you can keep upgrading your your fighter, uh, and then eventually you'll just be OP. But man, it's so much harder. Uh, so I'm working through that. And then I got a bunch of games I got to work through for the uh, my list. I, I told uh, Yield my list earlier. He didn't comment, so I'm assuming that he thinks it's, uh, I'm crazy for having those on my list. You did? Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Man. Nobody pays attention to me anymore. That's not true. I noticed right when you were missing yesterday from recording. I was like, where's Tricky? Well, I did send you as a message saying I might not make it. Yeah, and Yield, Yield and I only saw that message when we sat down to record. Well, it's not entirely true. I did respond back that I was busy and wasn't going to be able to put together show notes. Yes, he did. And because and I literally didn't get home until like 630. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I, I sent my text at 258. You replied at uh, 340. And that was it. So I gave proper notice. Anyway, I'm not saying you didn't give proper notice. I just didn't get a notification on my screen. Uh huh. Or maybe I just opened up my phone without without noticing it. Alright, so let's get into our topics from first. This portion of the show is brought to you by Amazon. If you could and would, please stop by Proven Gamer First and click on any Amazon link and continue with your normal shopping. It doesn't cost you anything extra and helps out the site tremendously. 
Our first topic here is coming from Adam Bankhurst over at IGN. EA has halted all FIFA discretionary content granted for an indefinite period of time as it investigates allegations that an employee or at least someone involved with EA FIFA has been selling rare FIFA 21 Ultimate items on the blackjack makeshift black market for real money. EA has given an update on this handle, which the community has dubbed EA Gate, and explained how it launched a rigorous investigation on how this could have happened, and is now narrowing down which accounts received content through this illicit method. The company has also made it clear that the accounts that received the items were transferred nefariously will be permanently banned. These items, which are meant to be earned through gameplay or other engagement, i.e. a Twitch broadcast, were granted to other accounts by one or more EA accounts, which were either compromised or being used inappropriately by someone within EA. Alex, you put this in the agenda. Uh, I'm going to let you start off with your comments on this, sir. There's not really much to say about this. E- like EA talked about how they their trust has been violated and the trust of their consumers has been violated. I mean, FIFA is a huge game, even if we're not the biggest sports fans in the world. And, you know, we throw shots at sports games because a lot of them seem like they're the same every year. FIFA does sell extremely well. And obviously, that's not any kind of trust you want to break with your community when you have a game that does that well for you. So, I mean, the fact that EA is tackling this and investigating, that's a good thing. Permanently banning the accounts that, you know, were obtained through nefarious, like the, the items that were obtained nefariously. I mean, it's all positive stuff. It's it's basically the only thing they can do. I just thought it was a really interesting story. They've called the EA Gate. And I mean, I don't think it said in the article, I read it, but it didn't say in the article whether these items were like, I know they said that you could, you were supposed to earn them through gameplay, but I didn't know if they were actually like, if the games, these items in the game gave you a competitive advantage over oh, absolutely. other players, absolutely. which, which obviously adds another layer to this. But even if you're, you know, you're giving things away, or you're selling things to people even just like cosmetic items, that's something that could really fracture your relationship with the fan base. And at this point, EA doesn't need yet another thing for, for you know, people to look at them and say, wow, you all suck. So, you know, they seem to be taking care of this pretty steadfastly, which, you know, you got to have respect for. But that, I mean, that sucks for the community. Yield? I don't really have anything to say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's not much you can say about this. I just thought it was a really interesting story, like a little bit of controversy. We don't we don't mind dipping our toes into the the pools of controversy here. I mean, it's kind of shady. Somebody selling, you know, stuff you have to earn for money when you can just go earn it, and people are just paying for it. I mean, well, I mean, yield. You know, people are always trying to make a few extra bucks. Well, yeah. So I mean, kudos to the guy for his entrepreneurship. But I, no, no, not kudos to him. I mean, being a sneaky motherfucker, you don't get kudos for that. But you know, people people do these kind of things. They they you know they're like people just always finding trying to find ways kudos to make an extra buck. You sir so. for stealing. Didn't really steal. Kudos to you for making for creating a black market for FIFA items. Yeah, he created a black market for FIFA. He created a market nobody knew they wanted. Who knew such a nefarious place existed? All right. Uh, there's a topic that I was didn't put in the agenda that just came out today. Uh, uh, we talked about this last week, but coming from Rebecca Valentine over at IGN, PlayStation communities on the PlayStation 4 are officially shutting down in April. 
Uh, in a note on the PlayStation support page, Sony says the PlayStation communities will no longer be supported beginning April 2021, though messaging and other features will still be available through the PlayStation app. PlayStation communities is a feature that lets the PlayStation 4 users create or join groups based on interest. The groups are able to launch games together or discuss their interests via message boards on the system. The feature was launched in 2015 and has already had its wind-down signal last year with the ability to create private communities removed, although public communities were still open. Yield, I'm going to give you... Know, you know, you don't have to go to IGN for this information because I got an email about this. PlayStation has sent me an email letting me know that communities were kaput. Yes, I... I mean, I know that, you know, this was something that Yield posted last week and we were, we were talking about on the show. I mean, Yield, can I ask you, when was the last time you posted in one of these communities on the PS4? Uh, last night. Okay, well... Are you, you've posted every platinum you've gotten, or at least some of them in the the platinum guild. Absolutely, and I've and I've gone to a couple of the communities when I've needed like a like a co op partner or or a boost partner. I know last year when I was going through Mud Runners, there was a couple of trophies where you needed to complete it with somebody else. Well, I don't know anybody who owns Mud Runners, so one of the one of the uh, Communities was a Mudrunners community where, you know, hey, if you want to play with a group of four people or knock out trophies, this is where you post it. So I was in, I went in there and said, hey, anybody want to help, you know, help me get the trophy or help each other get the trophy? And I hooked up with somebody from that community and we helped each other get the, the multiplayer trophies in the game. Careful about hooking up strangers on the Internet, Yield. It doesn't always end positively. That's true. I mean, I don't know. I, I see I see your point, and I, I see that, you know, these are at least useful for you. But in the end, do you feel like this is, like, like I said, this is probably them just disbanding communities off all platforms and just getting preparing people for when they, you know, transfer over to the from the four to the five? Because as Tricky, Tricky said, there's no communities on the five. Yeah, I don't, I stepped away for a second, so I don't know if you uh, mentioned this, but if you go down further in the article, it says, with the launch of the PlayStation 5 last year, it makes sense that Sony will eventually begin slowly withdraw support for different PlayStation 4 features, though given how many PlayStation 4 units are out there, it's likely that the process of the PlayStation 4's wind-down will be a slow one. For comparison, the largely unsuccessful Wii U only just lost its Netflix support earlier this year, despite the Switch celebrating its four-year anniversary a few weeks ago, so don't expect to lose the console's more meaningful features anytime soon. I don't know. Like I said, I mean, not that I'm like overly upset about it. I'm just totally confused with how socially active you want the five to be and how you presented it. You have a social platform in the communities and you're dumping it. I mean, one of the features of the communities that I liked is the fact that I could go into, say, the division community and want to do a raid because... You can't do matchmaking for the raid other than for discovery mode, which gives you no benefit for running the raid. Like, you don't get the, the, the exotics or the certain things. But I can go into the PlayStation 4 community. Eight people can join my group, and we can launch the game together. And there was no having to add uh, this person to my friends list. Or that It was like, eight people in the group, go. Go do the raid. And that's that's one of the features I liked about the communities. We will find a way to press on without them. Uh, 
Speaking of pressing on, the Sony needs to start pressing some more uh, PlayStation 5s because according to IGN and Mr. Wesley LeBlanc, PlayStation 5 is the fastest selling console in U.S. history for dollar sales. Uh, Yeah, it's more expensive. Yeah, so this by dollar sales, it it beat out the Wii, which again, the Wii is $100 and $200 less than both of the uh, PlayStation 5 SKUs. To to be fair, I mean, I guess it, it depend in the end it depends on like, you know, what you're actually making compared to you know, uh, the the consoles themselves. I mean, but I mean, Sony's selling the PS5 at a loss right now. So, um, and I think Nintendo started out and did not sell the Switch at a loss. So, um, I mean, there are plenty of factors, but I mean, dollar wise, I mean, that's still something for Sony to crow about because. You know, who knows? Maybe they would have busted the sales record for units if they had actually had enough consoles out there. Let me ask you this, because uh, uh, I don't remember. Somebody brought this up. Were this were the PlayStation fours this hard to find when they launched? No, well, every single no, every single PlayStation console has been hard to find since the two. But has it? But I'm saying, has it been this hard to find one? No, well, I mean it's well. To be fair, it's also really hard to. <laughs> It's a, it's hard to find a switch right now because yes, people went and bought a ton of them last year. So it's not just hard to find the PlayStation Five. It's hard to find you know I don't know maybe it's not hard to find an Xbox. I I don't really pay attention to it. But. So so there was a there was a, a company in Japan that burnt to the ground. This company produced uh, a chip, and it just there, did. there's a worldwide shortage of superconductors. Yes, and because of that. That is, that no one's admitting it, but it's hurting the auto manufacturing here in the States because a lot of them went there, but it also went into, we talked about it on the show, phones, tablets, and video games. So on top of COVID, we lost a lot of superconductors. There's just not the ability to put forth the supply that's needed for all the, you know, so for I, all the console gamers, because I every every time I walk into a Walmart, uh, a Meyer, uh, GameStop, whatever, I always look to see if there's consoles, and you don't see any. I I think it's been it's always been this hard to find a PlayStation console. The two was hard to find. The three was hard to find. The four was hard to find. It's th- this is nothing new, and we even called this. Everyone predicted this before the console came out. So we've learned from history that they're just hard to find. Well, normally they're hard to find at launch, but here we are five months later. You would figure that the availability would have popped up a little bit uh, more. But Yield, you're saying that essentially then this isn't Sony or Microsoft's fault. It's just they can't get the materials to produce them quick enough. That th- th- That's my hypothesis. I mean, on top of COVID, and even though everybody said, oh, no, that has it wasn't going to hurt, it hurt. And then the superconductor on top of that, I just don't think they can, they, they have the parts. I mean, rumor had it from, from what I was hearing that Sony got a large batch of those superconductors. But like I said, I, I don't see a five anywhere. And I'm pretty sure... These many months out, when the four were released, you could at least occasionally see one in the store. 
I mean, people, as soon as they, like, people are hawking up retailers, and when retailers get getting in, they snap them up. And, and I'm sure that there are still some scalpers selling PS5s because there's still such a high demand for it. Yeah, yeah, a buddy of mine is ready to get one, and he's like, hey, keep an eye out when you see, if you, if you see anybody has any stock, let me know. Shoot, by the time I see it come across my Twitter feed that, hey, we're going to have some in stock, they're gone. Yeah, they're only gone within, like, minutes, if not seconds. Yeah. Well, Ash- Ashley let me know that she's actually, for months now, been looking for a PlayStation 5 because she was planning to get me one. I think she even enlisted Tricky's help in that. She did. And she has not been able to fi- see one in store. So, yes, it is hard to find, maybe harder because the clo- the current global situation. But, again, you also can't find a Switch anywhere, so it's not just the 5. All right. Uh, let's move on here. Sorry, uh, I'm, my dog is getting into my trash. I'm like, running back and forth. You're, you're, is he being a naughty dog? He is being a naughty dog. Speaking of naughty dog, Last of Us developers hired for multiplayer game built for longevity. This is coming from Jordan Ullman over at IGN. And uh, Alex, you just stole my segue that I was going for. <laughs> I legitimately made that 50 times better. No, no, that's the exact segue I was going to do, and you just cut me off right in there. Well, you were stumbling there at the bit, so I had to well, I had to make sure we we crossed that bridge smoothly. I, I was stumbling because I'm actually I was actively watching my dog go into my trash. All right, so the Last of Us developer Naughty Dog is hired for a multiplayer game that's built for longevity. Job listings have revealed a position for economy design multiplayer was spotted on the Naughty Dog website, which mentions that that the successful candidate will quote ensure robust longevity end quote for the studio's games well as well as quote. Design, implement, and tune game economy and player progression systems, end quote. This list also notes that the candidate will, quote, create avenues for self-expression for our players, end quote, suggesting that the game will feature customization or cosmetic personalization options for of some description. So, do we think this is the fashion's versions multiplayer for The Last of Us Part 2? Uh, I'm going to say this right now. Of all the things that I wanted to hear that Naughty Dog is working on, long-lasting multiplayer is not that, because as we've said before, as I've said before, Naughty Dog's strength is their writing and their story, not necessarily their gameplay. Gameplay's not bad, but it definitely lags behind the storytelling. And I, you know, I, I appreciate that they did not make multiplayer trophies for The Last of Us, because quite frankly... I just want to play a single-player story that they, they drive me through. Like, I want them to take the wheel and let me sit there and enjoy it. And, I'm sorry, like, Naughty Dog, a Naughty Dog multiplayer game is not what I want. Yield you were clapping, so I'm assuming you agree with Alex. Oh, I am absolutely on board this Alex hype train. <laughs> I just... Wh- why? Your, your bread and butter is story-driven games, and we're going to do a longevity uh, multiplayer game. You know what? Pass. Yield is a crossover with Fortnite. Pa- I even even That's even worse. Pass. I, I, I should say that, that it is, we know nothing like that. I was just throwing that out there. But I, I, even if it's a the standalone factions equivalent for Last of Us 2, pass. I didn't even want to play the first but you have you Last have to say that, I mean, you would have to agree that the fashions version of the Last of Us was very well done. Like it, it they did no. a good job with that. 
But, but see, this isn't Call of Duty where some people will, yes, play through the Call of Duty story, but other people that get Call of Duty will not even touch the single player and just go to multiplayer. Absolutely. Naughty Dog and like The Last of Us, every like Un- Uncharted and The Last of Us, what is it that people always praise those for first and foremost? Story. The story and the characters and some of the action and the set pieces. No one ever says first multiplayer. I'm I, well. I'm not. I'm not arguing that point. I'm just saying that. How, no, how many successful multiplayer only games has Sony had? Warhawk was successful. It was the the uh, the so first time. year of the PlayStation Three. The first year of the PlayStation Three, Warhawk was the the hidden gem with so many other disappointments like Ratchet and Clank and Resistance and Motorstorm and Warhawk w- were the games that you could rely on. And yeah, Heavenly Sword was good, but I know a lot of people were disappointed with it. So calm. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Multiplayer isn't what, and online is not what Sony does well. I, I'm not arguing that. All I'm saying is that you're being devil's advocate, no, and you I, might as well be arguing. I'm with it. literally saying that Naughty Dog fit, did a fantastic job with factions for The Last of Us. It, I not, disagree. Not a lot of people are, you know, look to that game for multiplayer, but what they did was fantastic. The pro- you just said the problem there. It, it was redundant. Well, you're only calling it redundant because of the 140 games you have to play to get the platinum, right? That, but and and and, and, and if talking, you die, I'm you got, and, and if it play. dies, you got to start over. Right? Straight, but, no, see, see, I don't play multiplayer for for gameplay. I play multiplayer to get my trophies and then move on. I play games for single player every so often. Like Alex said, Warhawk, you will come across a multiplayer game that I am just absolutely floored about. Okay, you so know, I enjoy I enjoy a World of Warship Legends. Other than that, I play multiplayer just to to have my trophies, and I'm done with it. Okay, so let me play Devil's Advocate. Then why do you keep playing Rocket League every Thursday? Because he just said that there's certain games that grab him. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, here, here's the thing. Instead of having Naughty Dog make a multiplayer game, hand it off to somebody else. They can have the assets. Sony owns Naughty Dog and Uncharted and The Last of Us. Let them hand off the assets to another team and have Naughty Dog do something else. I, I don't disagree with that either. I'm I'm just simply saying that we knew some kind of multiplayer. Uh, when when the Last of Us Two was announced and close to launch, they said that there was not going to be a multiplayer, but we would eventually uh, experience multiplayer with Last of Us. So everybody's assuming that 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 this is what that's heading towards. I don't it disagree. probably is. I I don't disagree that Naughty Dog's bread and butter is story uh, single player. I'm I'm in agreement with you. All I'm trying to say is that the multiplayer that they did for The Last of Us was far superior than what they attempted to do with the Uncharted series. Okay, here's the thing. Imagine this problem in the future. If this is a factions multiplayer-only game not tied to The Last of Us, like a single-player story, imagine the number of people who will go into a store, buy it, thinking it's a traditional uh, Last of Us game, and then see it's only a multiplayer game, and they get pissed off. I mean, granted... Is it their problem for not doing their proper research? Sure, they're at fault for that. But they are some people going to make this mistake? Is Sony going to like accurately brand this so that people know that this is not has nothing to do with single player story? Well, I mean, you you want to talk about marketing and talk about like what the Xbox did with the the Series X and the Xbox Series X? You know, how many people pre ordered the Xbox One X thinking they were getting the Series X? It's marketing. It may be a little shady, but it works. All right. See, like, okay, well, here's here's one news story that I didn't put in the 
agenda. show notes. And it's just, it's a cool little aside. That, you know, like I said, I thought it was really cool. And, you know, it go like, one of the great things about Ghost of Shima was the fact that the multiplayer, like, yes, you could dab on it, but like I said, it's not really meant to be long lasting. So much of it is story based that, you know, you get through it and, you know, after a bit, you're, you're satisfied, you're full, and you can walk away from it, you know, feeling like you had a good time. Uh, this news story comes from GameSpot. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima devs made permanent ambassadors of the real island. Uh, this comes via uh, GameSpot and the Video Game Chronicle. Uh, game director Nate Fox and creative director Jason Connell will become permanent tourism amb- ambassadors of the city of Tsushima in Nagasaki. The ceremony will be held digitally due to travel restrictions, and the pair will be present with the award and a letter of appreciation. That's fucking cool. Yes, it is. Sucker Punch is fucking amazing. All right. Let's move on here to, uh, well, this is a good thing. It's it's a little controversial, and let me get into it. Uh, coming from Jordan Oldman over at IGN, uh, the headline reads, PlayStation developers can now add Denvu? I think that's it. Uh, Alex, is that how you say Den- Denvu? Go nuts, Tricky. Go, yeah. As <laughs> uh, to the games. Uh, they have joined the PlayStation 5 tools and middleware program hoping to help developers fight cheaters on the platform. Released in a press form from the creator Erdeto, I-R-D-E-T-O, the company announced that the game publishers and developers would be able to leverage its anti-cheat technology to bring cheating to an end on the PlayStation 5. Denny Uvu, the leader in the video games protection, offers its anti-cheat program Solution through this program to publishers, developers whose games are available on the PlayStation 5. Uh, Denver reasons that the tools that will allow developers to protect their investment with approximately 70% of their revenue is earned in the first two weeks after the launch of a game. This is developers making their money. Uh, many developers risk losing their player base if a game is overrun by cheaters. Duh. Alright, so anyway, there's a software... Uh, PlayStation 5 people, uh, developers can put in their games. The problem is, is that a lot has uh, been questioned with their pro- uh, system. Uh, going down in the article here a little bit more. Uh, they have been controversial in the games community, uh, co- community previously. Id Software recently added and then later removed the anti-cheat from Doom Eternal following the online backlash for players saying that it was causing concerns with performance and uh, it improperly banning people. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's always going to be a concern. I mean, we see that with, you know, games where this kind of software isn't a part of that, you know, just sometimes the company, like, there's a human error element as well where they perceive someone as cheating, so they ban them, but then people have to uh, appeal that because they they were wrongly accused. Yes, that's a concern with the software too, but isn't, aren't people, like, haven't people been wrongly accused for years and then banned from games? Oh, yeah. Uh, now, it's also I, I skipped over the, the this part uh, where I said that the software was causing uh, in-game performance. The company has uh, reiterated that it has no negative impact on in-game performance. But people saying that once the system has been implemented in the games, there was a little bit of lag or a little bit, you know, sound was off or something like that, causing the game to not perform in the way it should be. Because obviously, always got to be running in the background to detect if somebody's cheating. You know how you avoid cheating in games? I'll play online. You play single-player story games, baby. There you go. You play some The Last of Us, you play some Uncharted, you play Ghost of Tsushima. What? That would encourage you. Single-player for life. (laughs) I mean, if they can make this work, this is great, but at the same time, like, 
Yield and I don't play online a ton, so aside from, like, the stickier cars in Rocket League, we don't really have to deal with too much cheating. You're right. And I can't honestly think of the last time I was playing an online multiplayer game and there was just rampant cheating that I could point to and be like, oh my god, that person screwed me out of that. No, Warhawk had its issues towards the end. Yeah, but to be fair, that was what? How many years ago was Warhawk? Oh, that was quite a while. Yeah, I mean, that was over ten years ago. Now, you'll... Do you, okay, well, I'm going to ask you both this, but how do you feel about an outside company... I normally, I normally feel with both hands. How do you feel about an outside company coming in and uh, putting their anti-cheat software in it? Because me personally, I think if I'm developing the game... Now, let me be clear, I have no idea how to develop a game nor how to do an anti-cheat. But if I'm developing a game, I think I would want my own anti-cheat software rather than a third party to be brought into it. Because once you open the doors, if somebody was able to quote-unquote hack Denuvu, then it could be... This could impact hundreds of games instead of just one game. But wouldn't you want an expert... To, like, instead of Sony creating their own proprietary software, which they would then have to hire more people and do more R&D, it'd probably be cheaper for them in the end to license this from another company. Oh, absolutely. Which, at that point, the key is to vet those companies so that you make a good decision on the software you're using. So, I mean, like, why if Sony is... If Sony's going to use all this proprietary stuff just for the PS5 and their video game arm... It's going to get pretty expensive. I'm I'm not saying don't vet the company. What I'm saying is, if I'm just going to call Den from now on because I'm not I'm not going to say Den. Uh, if Den was hacked and somebody got into their software and was able to change code in their software, then it would automatically affect hundreds of games. Where if it was just me developing, say Doom Eternal, and I put my own anti cheat in, it, if somebody hacks me, it only affects my game. Where if somebody hacked Den, then it's affected hundreds of games. That's that's my that's what I'm trying to get at here. So that's my question to you, gentlemen. How do you guys? Well, you, Alex, you already answered, but yield. How do you feel about a third party anti cheat coming into a game, or would you rather it be internally done? Well, if if Sony could if Sony could do it himself, then they would have. I guess that I guess that wasn't the conversation piece I thought it was going to be. All right. Uh, going on to our last uh, main topic before we get into our topic of the week. This is coming from Jonathan Dornbush over at IGN. Square Enix will present its digital showcase announced, and it will include the reveal of New Life is Strange game. I said that like so robotic. Uh, Square Enix has announced a Nintendo Direct-style digital showcase uh, Square Enix presents, which is set to reveal new games like A New Life is Strange, Give updates on existing ones like Marvel's Avengers and the upcoming Outriders. Speaking of Outriders, has either one of you guys tried the demo yet? No. No, I have not. Could you please try the demo? Look, you can't be giving us homework. I'm, I'm not in school I, anymore. You're on a show for 400 episodes. You're getting homework. Square Enix Presents will be a first in a new series of digital showcases for Square. With the first one airing on March 18th, which would be what day... Uh, tomorrow, as you're hearing this, uh, provided that Alice gets it out on time. Not putting, I'm not calling Alice out, just saying. We're recording late, so there's a chance the show might be day late. Uh, it's going to happen at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Square Enix's Twitch and YouTube. Uh, the full lineup includes a review of the next Life is Strange, Outriders, Balan Wonderland, the ongoing celebration for the 25th anniversary of Tomb Raider, 
See, they know how to celebrate anniversaries, Nintendo. Get on the ball. Uh, Marvel's Avengers just caused mobile, a new mobile game announcement from the award-winning Square Enix Montreal studio, and a look at a few of the whimsical games from the Square Enix sister company, Taito. Was that a Zelda? Was that a Zelda shout out that you were throwing at them? Yes. Okay, I just make sure because I want this. This yeah. this story going along with uh, you know we've been talking about GDC and you know potentially E three not happening this year. This kind of you know goes along with the fact that more and more developers are, especially in the current climate, are issuing the big conventions and more so doing their their own shows so they can focus on their own games, which I think is the way that you know as we go to the forward to the future. This is the way things continue. Like, I think, like, packs and stuff like that. I mean, you're still going to have packs, but this whole thing of ballooning to four packs and E3 and all this and Tokyo Game Show. And I think in the future, more developers and platform holders are going to look to do these smaller Nintendo Direct style things and, you know, state of play for PlayStation. Yeah, but see, the problem is okay, a big studio like a, a big studio like Square Enix or Ubisoft. They're able to do this because they can talk about multiple games since they have multiple games in their pipeline. But a small indie developer is not going to be able to produce something like this. Well, you do realize that Nintendo direct, like Nintendo, do, does hold directs that feature indie game developers, third party developers. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is Nintendo is doing that? Uh, you know, I, I can forget Zach that made uh, Bombfest. Yeah, he's not going to put out a. Uh, you know, a, a video announcing his next game. He may put out a trailer, but we're not going to get a deep dive like these are doing. How many games like that got time airtime at E3 amongst all these other big games and, and publisher and developers? Well, not many. No, but Sony, uh, Sony and Xbox and Nintendo, they always do a indie segment where they show off twenty indie games in in, in a trailer. I mean. Yeah, they, they show off a sizzle reel where you don't learn, you see some pictures and some video, but you don't learn much about the game. I mean, there are other, like, indie-focused shows and indie game game award shows where they focus on this kind of stuff. I mean, GDC does something with indies to, to focus on indie games, so at E3 and PAX, you don't see a bunch of that stuff. I mean, you can seek it out if you're on the show floor, but if you're watching TV coverage from home, something like Bombfest isn't going to get a lot of coverage from either Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo. I always, my point is, without Sony or Microsoft even putting them in a scissor reel, chances are you don't know about games. Like, Yield. What, uh, a few seconds of a game is not going to make you buy it. Uh, yield, I, I put you on the spot here for a second. How did you find out about Bombfest? Uh, the Brain 76 was at a, uh, was it a Comic-Con? It was a Comic-Con or a games convention with, uh, uh oh, what's his buddy's name? All mankind. I think that's what his buddy's for, for mankind. No, not not for mankind. For all mankind. Oh, for all mankind. Uh, he was helping him out, and they were at a game convention in Columbus, and Zach's group or Zach himself was there. And, you know, displaying the game, and he sat down and he played it, and he didn't even know it was available on the floor until, you know, until he was there playing it. And he came home, bought it, and was like, dude, you need to play this game. We were, we were at my brother's for a video game party, and he's like, hey, I just bought this game. So he signed into his account on my brother's system, 
downloaded it and said, here, you guys all got to play this. This company is from our state and yada, yada. And we played it. And it's like, wow, this is really good. So, I mean, even it was already out on Sony. And it wasn't until months after, you know, I had bought it and my friends had bought it. And we had had Zach on the show that I believe I finally saw it on like the front page of the PSN one day. See, that's what we do. We bring games to the front page. So, I mean, if if it hadn't have been for that, I probably wouldn't have heard about it. Right. All right. So let's get into this uh, thing. This little direct here from Square Enix because uh, we kind of got a little off topic here. Uh, how excited you guys are for the next Life is Strange game? I played the first one because I believe it was free for PlayStation Plus one month. I I didn't play the second one. First one was okay. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it's I don't feel a need to delve further into that series. Yield? Uh, I own all of them, and I haven't played them yet. I, I, I think I got the platinum in the first one, started working on the second one, got distracted. Uh, Outriders, I keep telling you guys to go play that. Got to download that demo. Do it tonight. Yield, because your hamster's going to take about four days to get it downloaded. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, you guys can. Yes. Well, here's the thing. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna edit the show in one day, I just said then, download it. I didn't say play it. Well, you're hassling me to play it. So I want you to play. I want you. You guys both have homework. I want you guys to play this before next week's show. Uh the twenty five, twenty fifth anniversary of Tomb Raider. Obviously, uh, you know we we were all Tomb Raider fans here. Uh, kind of interested to see what they're gonna do, being that. They've announced that uh, they're going to re- be rebooting the syst- the series again. I mean, to be honest, I you know I liked what they did with the reboot of the series. I think it was necessary, but I, I wouldn't call myself a Tomb Raider fan. I never played it back in the day, and I I started the first the reboot, but I didn't finish it. So hard to call me a fan. You need to go back and play it. Marvel's Avengers. Obviously, I'm ex- uh, I'm interested in that. Just Cause Mobile. Uh, I mean, Yield, you're a Just Cause fan, but I doubt you can play a mobile game. If there's no. one game that I would say does not need a mobile version, is Just Cause. Yield, do you agree with that? Yes, I agree with that. Alright, the next uh, thing, uh, more mobile game announcements, obviously we don't care. And if you look at the games from uh, Square Enix's sister company. Alright, so with that being said, Yield, actually, you know what, Alex? Two, three, four, or five? Four. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media feeds. Just look for Proven Gamer on Twitter and Facebook. Be sure to also join the Trophy Horse Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash TW podcast. In the group is where you can ask questions for us to answer on the show. You can also send us an email via the Troy Memorial email. That address is trophyhorse at provengamer.com or if you would rather leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 330-PROVEN-9. That's 330-776-8369. You can watch our videos on YouTube by doing a search for Official Proven Gamer. You can also catch us streaming at twitch.tv backslash Proven Gamer. And you can catch Tricky streaming for Extra Life every Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv backslash Extra Life for Kids. Remember, that's the number four, not the word. Uh, all right, Alex, I'm going to throw this to you for a second because I have to step away from the microphone for a second for our topic of the week. You wanted to talk about multiplayer trophies. 
Yeah, and just based on my experience with Castle Crashers with one particular trophy, um, you know, it, I, I get it, you know, some games it's not possible because some games are mostly multiplayer component or, component or you know, only multiplayer component, so you gotta have trophies for that game because every game released for PlayStation now has to have trophies in it. But, you know, for other games, like, like I'm playing Castle Crashers, which yes, is multiplayer, but it's... You know, the main part of the game is the the beat-em-up part of the story. It's not the arena battles. So, Yield, I'm 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 kind of because we always bemoan online trophies. You know, we talked about it with Uncharted. We we go online not to you know play the online component. We go online to play the um to play so we can get the trophies. And that's one thing great about Ghost of Tsushima was that they added the multiplayer element later so it had nothing to do with the platinum trophy but you know here i am years you know a few years or a year and a half after castle crash has been released in the four and getting the online multiplayer trophy is going to be kind of a bear so essentially like after time like you know someone may buy a game and you know there's a trophy list and they may be locked out of the platinum because the servers for the multiplayer closed down or it's just no community there to help you get the trophy so, I mean, you'll like. How do you feel about just getting rid of multiplayer trophies, like except for in games that are only multiplayer? Um, I'd be fine with that. Um, I, I always applaud uh, the developers that are like, "Hey, we put a multiplayer in our game. It's not the focus of our game, so you know, we we, we put a few like like Uncharted did with Uncharted Two, and they did multiplayer. Their trophy list was basically just a Hey, you tried our multiplayer, there's a trophy. You tried all our modes, there's a trophy. And I think there was a couple of other ones that was just basically, just try it. That's all we're asking. And we gave you a trophy for it. And I I don't dislike those in a sense because, okay, that was part of the bargain when I bought the game. I'm okay with that. What What you do is when you put in this elaborate, online, or you hope an elaborate online to a game that, I mean, really the market is oversaturated with online, in my opinion, and you're trying to cut out a piece of the pie. Well, un- unless you hit a home run with your game, you more than likely aren't going to get, you know, you're, you're not going to get the people playing the game or the amount of people playing on the servers that you, you, you were hoping, and yet you've got this elaborate trophy list. So, I mean, I guess if you were to, to get the trophy, or get the platinum with these elaborate trophy lists, you know, you are the best of the best, air quotes here. But I just, it, to me, if I pick up a game late, because I, I just wasn't on my radar, or I just finally got around to getting it, it is a little disappointing when it seems like a very obtainable platinum, but yet you've got it locked behind 10,000 kills in multiplayer. Tricky, I wanted to... Well, he's not even listening. Tricky. Tricky just, Tricky just got I back. wanted to introduce this while you were here. Um, so, at this point, I think we can all agree that trophies are basically sold as a feature of the games on the PlayStation. And what happens with Down the Road if all of a sudden a certain platinum a certain platinum isn't obtainable because somebody can't get an online multiplayer trophy because again the community's dead or the servers aren't up anymore 
Why? Are you locking people out of a feature you sold the game on? I mean, granted, you can still play the game. Well, not the multiplayer if the multiplayer servers are down. But are, is locking somebody out of a platinum trophy, which is sold as a feature, is that something that Sony shouldn't do? I mean, that, to me, that's a great area because it, as, as invested in trophies as I am, uh, I never considered trophies a selling point of games other than obviously there's some games out there. I mean, don't don't twist my words. There's some games out there, obviously, like My Name is Mayo or Mr. Masaji or something like that. That games are being sold for ninety nine cents because it's easy platinum and it's an easy way for the the company to gain revenue. Uh but I've never felt like trophies were a selling point of a game. I always thought they were tacked on, just a fun way to experience a game a different way. But to your point about multiplayer, <sighs> see that that's a well. Here's the thing, tricky. You know that people buy games based on the trophy list. Absolutely. A lot of people do. Absolutely. So that is actually a selling point. Yes, but that doesn't that just because some people do it doesn't mean that it's a, a it's a universal thing. But there there is an industry within a subcategory of games that have arisen because they have easy trophies and people even put easy trophies in their games because they can make money off it. Absolutely. And I I don't disagree with that at all. That's why I was talking about like my name is Mayo and all the rat games and stuff like that. I get it, but I to me uh, a trophy was never associated. Uh, was never a selling point to me. Like I, I never bought. Like I didn't buy the division because it was going to be an easy platinum. I didn't buy Immortals: Phoenix Rises because it was going to be an easy platinum. I bought the game because I wanted to play the game, and if I was able to get the platinum, that was a, a plus for me. But I never took that as a selling point. But to your point about multiplayer, I, I, I. I don't know how to respond because I want to say Sony sh uh, Sony or whoever is the developer of the game or the publisher of the game, I, I don't feel like they have an obligation to keep the servers up just so you can obtain a platinum. Do I want them to? Absolutely. Well, well what about if they, I mean, we have software like installs or software updates all the time. What if they could change a trophy list or remove a trophy based on if it's available anymore? Well, they they have changed trophies before. I I remember, uh, what game was it? Plants vs. Zombies. Plants vs. Zombies had a trophy in it where you had to play the the slot machine and you had to get you had to roll three uh, three diamonds. Yeah, three diamonds, and then they wound up updating the trophy to three of anything. Three of anything. So I mean, trophies can be updated, but then again, okay, let's just say like. Like, Call of Duty, even though, I mean, argue, uh, nobody can argue, Call of Duty is known for its multiplayer. But for years, they never put one multiplayer trophy in that game. All their trophies were associated with the single-player campaign. So, it's up to the developer to put the tro what trophies they want to put in the game, obviously. But do I feel like Sony or a publisher is obligated to keep online servers up so you can obtain a Platinum? I I, I don't think so. Well, I'm not saying that, because obviously if, it, if it's no longer cost-effective, they have to shut down the servers. What I'm saying is, either don't put those trophies in, or change the trophies to make all of them obtainable to somebody. I, I, I think it's fair to say that if you're going to shut down the servers for a multiplayer, uh, multiplayer aspect of a game, that the developer at the same time should update any trophies to be able to do it. Or, and here's a radical solution, which I don't think is ever really going to happen, if you are going to... 
Sony's going to shut down the multiplayer server for factions for The Last of Us. Give us a way that somebody could host a private server to be able to connect and still play that game online. Which they're never going to do because Sony's not going to give out that information. But uh, PC players can do that all the time. Like there's games out there now like Minecraft where they're not even connecting to the Minecraft uh, servers. People are hosting their own servers and be able to play Minecraft. And that's perfectly fine with me. But I, 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 the spirit of the question, which I'm assuming is what you're trying to get to, is that if there's a multiplayer trophy that can no longer be obtained because the servers are shut down, is that really fair to the gamer? And I, I really don't know how I feel about that. All right. I think we we covered that, but how do you, how do you feel about social media? How do you feel about listener questions? Well, uh, let's get into that. Time to check my social media, yeah. All right, so I've- that's not going anywhere. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yield, I love you, sir. I know. I, I, you know, I'm everybody's favorite troll. All right, so I forgot to post yesterday, and obviously, I forgot to post today because I didn't wake up until half hour before recording. But good old Homer has left a question. Uh, actually, it seems like there's two questions in here. Uh, says, if you were in the Star Wars universe, what color lightsaber would you be rocking? Now, before you guys give your answers, uh, let's see. Somebody left answers. Uh, Nitro said, yeah, I would either say purple or orange just based on those being my two favorite colors. Other than that, I would pick red for the Sith, LOL, even the dark saber because it's just so cool. Uh... Rochelle, who is on the show before and is a good friend of the show, says a purple lightsaber. And Seth Murphy has said red and purple, Darth Raven style. Now, Alex, your answer, sir? So I've actually thought about this before and, you know, I, I agree with Rochelle. The purple lightsaber is badass. Mace Windu's lightsaber, fantastic. It's the best lightsaber from the, tr- from the movies, uh, any of the movies. And I feel like I really like I mean, blue is my favorite color, but I feel like blue and green have been overdone over the years because I mean they were really there from you know from the original trilogy, and you know you see yellow lightsabers, you see red sabers. So really, you know, I know this this color the color of this crystal is in the video games, but I don't remember seeing it in in the movies at any point. Maybe it was in the Clone Wars at some point, but an orange lightsaber would be one that I would really like. I mean, orange orange is a cool color. Again, I, I don't like it as, as much as some of the cooler cooler colors like blue and purple, but I think that a unique lightsaber, at least to the movie universe, like that is one I'd really like to have. And yield? I would go. Uh, well, since I took uh, that uh, lightsaber quiz years ago, and it says I would get yellow, uh, I would say yellow or orange or a combination of a couple of colors. Like, I don't know what couple colors, but like some kind of a combination of colors. That would be pretty cool. All right. And my answer is gray. Oh, wow. Real, real drab there, Tricky. Real boring. Okay, you guys don't get the joke. No. Is that because you're going gray? Because of color part. I keep, I keep, I keep forgetting the tricky's colorblind. I don't know how this happens. <laughs> uh, so, so all, all the colors look gray. <laughs> that's 
you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna add a uh a, a what is it the uh soundbite. So when I do a joke, you guys know it's a, 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 a drum roll. No drum. That's not drum roll. It's a well, but crash. Two bits. Something I, I like don't know. that. I don't know what it's called. Uh, my but, favorite Bandicoot. Uh, honestly, I, I would say blue, but uh, not like a light blue, like a dark blue. A navy. Uh, a little darker than that. All right, so Homer's next question, which I'm not going to have an answer for because uh, I'm not that much into the uh, the war of Star Wars. Uh, Homer says, what kind of snub fighter would you be flying? Would you fly for the Rebel Alliance or the New Republic or the Imperials? Yield, what kind of snub fighter would you be flying and who would you be flying for? Um, honestly, I, I've, I've always had a favor on both the Republic and... Uh, the Imperial side, as the Republic, I would fly the reliable X-Wing. I mean, there's... I mean, the A-Wing's cool, because it's fast, but the... You show up in an X-Wing, you mean business. And for the Imperial side, there's nothing more intimidating than the TIE Interceptor. And I always thought that was a badass starfighter. Alright, Alex? Well... I wouldn't be flying anywhere because I don't trust myself behind the seat of an airplane, anything that flies. So I would be anything that Poe Dameron is flying. Uh, but, I mean, have you seen how many fighters from the Alliance or the Rebels get killed in these star fights? These star dog fights? A lot. A lot of them get killed. So I'm not messing with that. I'm letting the best pilot in the universe fly me around and I'll go on land and use my orange lightsaber to fuck some people up. But I ain't flying nowhere. I'm not, I'm not personally flying. But if you're a Jedi, you're automatically a skilled pilot. Mm. I didn't see. I I didn't see most. I've seen a lot of Jedi. I didn't see most of them flying. Just saying. And if I was going to give an answer of, of any answer, uh, because I'm actually not allowed to fly because I'm colorblind. Uh, I I always liked uh, Darth Vader's Tie Fighter with the the curved in. Where it's kind of oh, okay. Out. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to kill Darth Vader then. Good luck. Well, he's already dead. Fucking spoilers, you bastard. Yeah. Come on, man. He's 40 fucking years old. It doesn't. What if nobody's. There's, new, there's new people born every day. And I know people who have never seen it their entire life. What if they are listening to this show and have never seen a Star Wars movie? You just ruined it. If a parent does not set their kid down and make them watch Star Wars, they are a bad parent. My I don't necessarily agree with that. Sweet but... Mama D, at the age of six years old, was sat down and we watched the original trilogy back to back to back. Is she a Star Wars fan now? She is a Star Wars fan. She she actually yeah. she we started watching the Clone Wars when it was on Netflix or whatever like that. Yeah, and, and now she just randomly runs around the house and goes, Roger, 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 Roger. See, nobody at work gets that reference when I do that. <laughs> I won't do that. We get on the walkie-talkies, I'll be like, Roger, Roger. You know, as long as we're talking about things that, you know, people deserve, I think people deserve some shout-outs, Turkey. You're just trying to move this show along, aren't you? Yes, yes because I have one day he's to edit this show, and yeah, I don't want it to last it. an hour and a half. Okay, Yes. one, three, or five yield. Or excuse me, two, three, or five. 
Five. This portion of the show is brought to you by Twitch Prime. Did you know that Amazon gives you $5 to give to your favorite streamer every month? If you link your Amazon Prime account with Twitch, you can sub to any Twitch page for free. You have to renew it every month, otherwise Amazon is just going to keep your money though, so remember. So why not just give it to us instead? Alex, your shout out, sir. Give a shout out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire that is Shrub yours, because you all, the show continues to go, continues to stampede throughout the internet and the airwaves after 450 episodes. You guys are the lifeblood of Trophy Horse. So thank you to everyone who contributes to the community and spreads the good word of Trophy Horse. Give a shout out to, to Tricky and to Yield for uh, sobering recording up. here on what? Sobering up. Well, yeah, thank you for sobering up and joining us tricky instead of being like a burrito in bed but uh thank you to tricky and yield for recording monday night not our usual time but uh we had to make special considerations for tricky because he uh had too much liquor and too much booze on saturday give a shout out to the uh the devs of ghost Tsushima. not of course all of them but two of them nate fox and jason connell for becoming permanent ambassadors of Tsushima. that's fucking amazing the game is great if you haven't played ghost Tsushima, go support sucker punch and uh play it. Last but not least, I want to give a shout out to my loving and awesome girlfriend, Ashley, who started a new job today. And of course, starting a new job brings with it some sense of anxiety, but Ashley knocked it out of the park. She's excited, even if a little anxious, but I'm very proud of her. And uh, yeah, she's working to become a nurse. So love you, honey. All right. Yield. So I will give a shout out uh, to Nitro for helping me get my uh, multiplayer trophies and Ghost Recon Wildlands, and he got his pla- was able to get his platinum for that game. A uh, shout out to the Brain Seventy Six for going through the We Were Here series. Got kind of stuck. They uh, really cranked up the the difficulty of the puzzles in two, but in a good way. So uh, if you want to tune in Wednesday seven ish, we will flip roles and go through the game again. Um, shout out to Alex, Homer Get Stuffed, and the Brain76 for Rocket League Thursdays. Tune in this Thursday, 7-ish, on Proven Gamers Twitch channel. Shout out to Tricky, who was around for the Wildlands a little bit, was around for Rocket League a little bit. Shout out to Troy for bringing the business for one of four of his extra life streams this year. I was around, hung out, which he was playing some everybody's golf, which makes me want to get back into my everybody's golf. So that was pretty cool. Uh, shout out to always the pimps and the madams of the whoredom. Thank you. Downloading, listening, interacting. And shout out Tricky and Alex for recording. You said that already. No, I didn't say for recording. Okay. I said, I said for Rocket League. Don't believe I said recording. If I did, who knows? You get a second one. You should be grateful. I am. Especially you. Okay. Um. Oh! I gotta work this out with Tricky. Maybe some details will be put out later. But, you're gonna have to tune in this Saturday. To the Twitch channel. Proven Gamers Twitch, Twitch channel. Because my buddy, Harry Balls on You, has bet his girlfriend's son 
five dollars. Five dollars. Five dollars. Five dollars. Our group, our group of guys. So that would be myself, Homer, get stuff, Harry balls on you, and prepare to die, Earth scum. The four of us can beat him and his three friends at a game of Rocket League, and they put a five dollar wager on it. Now, so a, is this five dollars a man or five dollars in total? Uh, I don't know. I I didn't ask him. I'm not in this. I, I told him if he loses. He's ponying up the money. He's trying to he's trying to now turn it into whoever is the worst player of the losing team. Nah, that's not fair. Has to pony up the money because he knows that he will probably won't be last. He'll be third. <clears throat> and I'm like, no, dude, you made the bet. You're ponying up the money. So anyway, I got to see if Tricky can can work the back end to get it so that I'm the main feed, but. A buddy at work, I was telling a buddy at work about this, his son watches us play Rocket League Thursdays every so often. And so they want to watch this event because I told my buddy, you've obviously never played a bunch of nine-year-olds. And he's like, well, how tough can nine-year-olds be? Hey, that's that, that's very... <laughs> and I'm like, you've obviously never played against a bunch of nine-year-olds, have you? So anyway, so I might we're, we're going we're gonna to try to put this shindig on Twitch. And hopefully we come up victorious. Otherwise, my friend is going to be ponying up five bucks. It, it definitely. Frank the Frank the Tank may come out. Uh, all right, and I want to give a shout out to Alex because uh, he's a funny motherfucker. Uh, shout out to Yield who uh, is doing better with his uh, anger with us with on well with me on Thursdays. I wasn't mad at you. I was just mad at everybody I, in general. No, no. And it was just it was just best to leave. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just making fun of you because like you've gotten better with it. Like now you just leave the chat. <laughs> yeah, I still played. I I I, I kind of started playing better too. All right. To, now to be fair, I'm not ragging on yield because I, I no no I, that's fine. But I deserve it. But if, when, if you ever tune in for Rock League Thursdays, just be aware that if you don't hear yield talking, it's because. Uh, some shit's gone down, and Yule's just decided to turn off his microphone to to focus. Yes. So. Or to or or to not yell at people. Yes. Uh, shout out to the goddess who uh, made me a fantastic steak yesterday for uh, male Valentine's Day. Uh, shout out to Sweet Mama D, who uh is. Trying to troll the guys on Thursday and uh, Yield was not having it. Uh, no, I was not listening to her one bit. <laughs> but she she was trolling you guys. Oh, I know she was, and I wasn't listening to her. It, it, and then I dropped and then I dropped the f bomb. Yes, you did, because she actually <laughs> said that to me. Uh, she did. She's like language, and of course, by then I I was so mad. I was like, don't say anything, because she's a kid. <laughs> all right, and shout out to all the listeners. Thank you very much. And if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Peace. Later.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. 